Welcome to Around the World in 80 Naps. If you're feeling overwhelmed, stressed out, and worn out, but don't know what to do or how to change it, this podcast is for you. My name is Katherine Peters, and I'm a mindset coach, breast cancer survivor, and recovering workaholic on a mission to give people permission to rest and teach them how to do it. Today's episode focuses on the relationship between rest, happiness, and mindfulness. Let's dive in. Okay, guys, if you are listening and not watching on YouTube, we are are talking to an itty bitty baby, tiny white kitten. I I just can't even, she's got big blue eyes that are killing me right now. All right. All right, Chanel. We got to get started. Thank you. Say bye, Chanel. And on that note, (laughs) let's introduce our guests today. I am super excited to have these ladies here with me today. Um, They are both just powerhouses in their respective fields. We have Liz Rutledge. She is a mindful sustainability educator She's deeply passionate about the environment and wellness. She has been doing mindfulness in one form or another since she was 10 years old. She's deeply committed to helping others manage stress and find calm. And she teaches mindfulness at schools in the Denver area and is trained by mindful schools. Liz speaks to groups about mindfulness and sustainability or mindful sustainability. Mindfulness is about taking care of ourselves, our communities and our planet. Liz teaches people how to be mindful about our planet by composting, gardening, recycling, and other sustainability activities. Liz, say hello. Hello, everybody. Thanks so much for having us here today. And we also have Dr. Serena Bullard. She is a speaker, author, and trainer. She is an Amazon best-selling author with her book, C3, Creating Conscious Connections. In her book, she shares the challenges she has overcome and the lessons she learned along the way. Serena has been a pharmacist for over 25 years and now shares a unique blend of science-based and motivational tools to support others to be resilient and catch happiness in their moments. She is certified by UC Berkeley in the science of happiness, by Yale in the science of well-being, and certified in conversational intelligence. She is also a certified coach and trainer for HeartMath and a life mastery consultant, focusing on techniques to improve resilience, mindset, and encouraging people to live a life of design, not one of default. Good God, that was a mouthful. <laughs> Serena, as I like to call her. Thank <laughs> you. I'm to be here today with you. So I love Serena and Liz, and I know them actually through through speaking. And I actually didn't know until I got to know them better the work they were doing with individually and with one another to really bring mindfulness and happiness into the world. And I thought they would be great people to speak with about how mindfulness and happiness are related to rest. 
As you know, the whole purpose of this podcast is giving people permission to rest and teaching them how to do it. And in service of that goal, I want to talk to each of you about your own wellness journeys and how you came to be where you are. And I know, Serena, for you, it was, you know, quite the traumatic journey. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay, as you mentioned, I've been a pharmacist for over 25 years. And in 2010, I had a really bad bicycle accident and I was non-responsive. I had to be given CPR. I was flight for life from Vail to Denver Health. I was in a coma for 18 days and they weren't sure if I was gonna make it. And I said, if I did, my mother was gonna take care of me for the rest of my life. Wow. Transferred to Craig Hospital. And I now like to joke, to be a patient at Craig Hospital, you either have to have a traumatic brain injury or a spinal cord injury. And I'm an overachiever, so I had both. (laughs) But it was an interesting process, the healing process. And um, so luckily, nine and a half months after I was injured, I went back to work as a pharmacist. I was back to work for five years. And then I had a box fall on my head. And I was dealing with migraines and memory issues. And being a pharmacist, you can't have memory issues. So I was like, really? Really? What am I supposed to do? So I'm laying in bed and I'm thinking, okay, what am I supposed to do? And this idea, catch happiness came to mind. I'm like, I love it because, you know, I've almost died three times in my life. And I realized what a gift this life is. And there's so many different challenges we all have, but I really want to encourage people to be present for this journey and to have gratitude for the gifts along our path and also listen to your body. Because there was a time when literally I was sleeping 18 hours a day because my body needed to heal. And, you know, as I was going back to work, they slowly integrated me back to being a pharmacist, like four hour days. And I was just exhausted after four hours. I used to work 12, 14 hour days and be fine, but my body needed to heal. And so it was a process of me making sure that I was listening to my body and allowing myself to take those much needed naps. And now I love your guided nap. Um, I was like, yes, it's, I've done it quite a few times. I'm like, I love it. It gives me one, a license to nap. And two, I feel so refreshed after doing it. I was like, yes. Okay. And so shameless plug for me, if you're just tuning in and you don't know what the heck she's talking about, I do a guided nap visualization. I teach a a nap workshop called the untapped power of the nap, which we're actually going to talk about the at, at the end of this episode, because it's now part of an amazing course that you two ladies are offering called the winning wellness experience. And I can't wait to talk about that. But one thing I want to point out, well, there's two things I, I, I want to point out. You're speaking to the first mission of this podcast, which is giving people permission to rest. And I want to let people know that you do not have to be an overachiever like Serena <laughs> to warrant a nap. And that we all have varying degrees of trauma. We can have emotional trauma. We can have physical trauma. We can have spiritual trauma. They all can require rest to heal. And so the first thing I want to say to our listeners is, you know, to recognize when that's you and to give yourself permission to rest 
in accordance with what's going on with your body and mind and soul at that time. And the second thing I want to point out about your story is that it's not our needs aren't the same over time. You in your own journey have gone through periods where you needed an inordinate amount of sleep. You know, that's not you today. Maybe your rest needs are different. And uh, some faiths talk about seasons, you know, of life. And there are seasons of rest, just like there are seasons of life. So what season are you in right now? Maybe you do need a nap every day or Maybe you're able to pull 12 and 14 hour days and, and power through and be fine with it, but really to honor where you are in your journey, uh, which is one thing that you, Serena, were not only able to do, but able to turn into a calling, it sounds like, in terms of, of your career. So tell us a little bit about what you do with your clients now. Well, as you listed before, I am certified in quite a few things. And I will say one of the first things I became certified in is being a heart math trainer and coach because being a pharmacist, my heart was heavy dispensing anti-anxiety meds to 15, 16 year olds because life is not going to get easier. And I feel thankful that we do have medications to help people, but I do feel like we're an over-medicated society. And so heart math is here shaking her head. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. And she knows that, you know, you know, you're very intimately uh, familiar with that, Liz. Okay. I'm sorry to interrupt you. So yeah, I was just going to say that, you know, HeartMath has over 25 years of empirical data back in their tools and techniques to help people with their calmness and also decrease cortisol and their stress hormone and increase, you know, DHEA, our vitality hormone. There's so much science behind it. And then you know, as I was inspired to help people catch and spread happiness, because, you know, working as a pharmacist, I saw people catch and spread lots of things. And I want to have, have them catch and spread happiness. And, you know, because I feel like there are scientifically proven tools to help facilitate that. But we have to be mindful in our moments, because what our morning mindset is can really impact the outcome of our days. And if we're conscious of what our morning mindset is, we're more apt to be in flow with our day instead of like racing around and not being mindful of our steps. Liz will talk about. Yeah. And so before, because Liz, I want to jump to you in a sec, but I just want to ask you, Serena, what does that phrase mean to you? Catch happiness? Because it is definitely an intentional turn of phrase. Well, to me, I feel like there are many things in life that we can catch. And, you know, if we want to focus and be mindful, because there's good and bad in our world, what do you want to focus on? And we know that there are certain tools, everybody's different, you need to find what works for you that can help implement more happiness in our day. Like we all wake up on the wrong side of the bed from time to time. But if we put a smile on our face, even if we don't feel like it, our brain doesn't know the difference. And we start to produce these neurotransmitters that can bring more happiness to our day. And if we're mindful of this stuff, we're able to, you know, and even having a gratitude journal, whatever it is to help you catch more happiness in your day. Are you going to be happy all the time? No, we're human. We have challenges. We have good days, we have bad days, but we hope that this journey is as happy and in flow as it can be. Yeah. And spread it. Yeah, that's right. 
thinking like if you it's like you're pitching like if, with a baseball analogy right by putting that smile on your face you're pitching out to the universe or whatever and then you get to catch the happiness when it comes back <laughs> I love that analogy liz that's wonderful so Liz, tell us a little bit about your story and how you came into mindfulness. You said you've been doing it since you were 10 years old. That's not normal. No, it is not normal. It is not normal. I, I was introduced to it by my father when I was about 10. I had been, my parents are divorced and it was a very stressful divorce. And as a 10 year old and a sensitive person, it was heavy for me. And I was at my dad's, you know, one of the weekends and one morning I woke up and I just, I felt like I was having a heart attack. And I went to my dad, I think I actually grabbed his keys. I was like, you need to take me to the hospital because I'm dying. And he was like, okay, calm down. And he brought me back. I think I was out at the car, you know, brought me back inside. He had me laid out of my bed and he had me watch the rise and fall of my belly. And just that practice of watching the rise and fall of my belly calmed down I, what I guess was a panic attack from a bad dream probably. And it helps, that's the first time I remember actively, consciously practicing what we're now calling mindfulness. But then I find out later, my mom's like this woo-woo Lamaze expert because she had to, me and my sister with no drugs or anything. And so then she would teach me as a, as a young person about like pain management. You know, if you have pain in your body, you can actually breathe through it by imagining an ice cube melting, for example, and then breathing. And then I had three babies and didn't use any medication or epidural or anything with them and just use Lamaze breathing, which is essentially mindfulness breathing. And it doesn't always have to be meditation. Mindfulness doesn't always have to be meditation. Come to find out my great grandmother was into the science of mind back in the day 1918 or something I don't even know and so it's generational for me and so I felt very very fortunate and when my daughter was 12 one of her friend's brothers took his own life at the age of 14 mm. and I went to the school counselor and I said I find this completely unacceptable first of all how does anyone know how to do that at 14 and now there's I'm hearing even younger ages children taking their own lives so I feel a calling to teach children especially about the tools. You know, I'm not saying that mindfulness meditation is going to keep someone from taking their own life, but if they're introduced it early enough, maybe they can have the tools that are backed by science to get through the hard times, get through the moments and recognize, you know, suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem, right? like to quote Diana Thompson on that one. And, and so just having that ability to come back to center, come back to center. So what I try to teach the little kids is that what that feels like, you know, the way I was taught to just follow my, follow my belly up and down when I was younger. So, and I'm about to be 50. So that's a long time to be practicing those things. <laughs> that's amazing, Liz. I mean, I think that we, can have a tendency to discount the experiences of our kids internal worlds oh, they're just kids they'll get over it and the truth of the matter is that sometimes they don't and sometimes they carry that story through their whole lives 
whatever it is. Yes. I mean, one of the things I talk about in my nap workshop is what's your nap story? And I'll, I'll do a whole episode on this eventually, but it, the nap story is something that happens when we're in preschool, kindergarten, little kids. And those stories stay with us our entire lives. So the fact that you're able to bring these mindfulness techniques to kids really truly could be life-saving for somebody. I mean, yeah, the truth of the matter is you never know what the ripple effects are of what you're doing in the world. But what I hear from both of you is an intentionality to really bring light to the world in the form of mindfulness, in the form of happiness. And I hear a passion for the science behind that. Yeah, I'm very focused on, you know, obviously being a pharmacist for so many years, I want to make sure that people know that it's valid and that it helps people. And, you know, and what I also love is the fact that Liz gets letters and, you know, information from the parents of these children that share, wow, it's really making a difference. And so you can see it right away. And I just really excited about that positive impact on the community. My favorite stories are the ones where the kids, like when we met in person, I would ask them like, How, when did you find yourself using mindfulness this week? And one of the kids would say like, well, my brother kicked me and I was going to punch him in the gut, but then I took a mindful breath. <laughs> you know, and I'd be like, I'm so glad you didn't punch him in the stomach and I'm sorry. It's just, yeah. I mean, it's, it seems to be working at least. Yeah. So you're getting a lot of empirical feedback from, from the parents and from the kids, which is really uh, so gratifying, I, I'm sure. And Serena, you, from your pharmacist background, have a lot of access to the data. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to ask you from a selfish standpoint, because my focus is so much around rest, what's the data around the brain science? What's the, what's the data around the, the, the brain benefits of rest and uh, sleep? Well, I mean, we now know that when you are rested, you have more prefrontal cortex access and you're able to process things more actively. And I find it fascinating because Ariana Huffington was having, she was exhausted working so hard. She fell, knocked her head, and then she's on a mission to bring naps to work because they now have little nap rooms where they allow the employees to go take a little cat nap because they know they're going to be more productive and you know creative when they are rested and it's also interesting too because you know when we're talking about in general napping and happiness because we know that when we nap we increase serotonin and there's many drugs that are called selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors that help people when they're depressed and used for many other things as well. But taking a nap can help you reset and allow yourself to have a more positive outlook because when we're exhausted, we're depleted and we're not able to bring our best selves forward. So with that, I mean, I really feel like napping is something that can make us more productive because it helps with our brain health and clearing all that stuff that accumulates in our brain as well. Yeah, and it sounds like chemically speaking, it gives you those feel-good hormones to uh, make you happier. Yeah, definitely. I mean, because the truth of the matter is, 
you can choose happiness and it's easier to choose when you have a biology that's going to support you in that choice right right because when you're exhausted you're not being nice to yourself nor anyone else probably you know what right. I mean? <laughs> do yourself a favor do your family a favor take a nap that's a gift to all <laughs> i've noticed this pattern when my husband and i are about to get into bed at night um it's almost exactly 11 o'clock every night and i started noticing this pattern of me i'd start picking a fight uh -huh. out of nowhere not even relevant to the moment and then just realizing like after a while i was like honey i think i'm just tired and i think this is like the running anxiety you know that i carry around that i go get in the back seat annie anxiety annie and uh so i started recognizing and being mindful of that before you know so like i'd feel like the urge to start a fight and just go I think I'm just tired. you know time to sleep yeah and and self-awareness is half the battle the other half is resting like if you're tired resting so i know that Liz, for you, mindfulness is really central to your work. And I think that resilience for you is, is a part of that work. Tell me a little bit about the connection between mindfulness and resilience. Well, when we're, when we're being mindful, we can be more aware. So we get more body, mind, spirit awareness and so we can be more tapped into how we're feeling and what we need in that moment and so sometimes the crankiness can show up as oh i'm hungry you know and can i take the time to mindfully eat a meal so that that meal is more enjoyable and lasts longer and maybe i don't need so many calories and binge eat and then i'm taking better care of myself um but also just for the mindfulness meditation piece getting back to that still small space within that quiet, calm place, you can tap into it in a minute, if you only have a minute, right? And so I think it's important to do that regularly and work that muscle so that when things like global pandemics come along and you have to completely repivot an entire year's worth of workshops into an online course, you can do it with ease and grace because you've been practicing for years um, for me, it's daily. Get up, meditate. What's yours? Oh, I, RPI. RPM. RPM. Rest, meditate. RPM. Yeah. So for me, it's get up, meditate, do a gratitude practice, do the RPM. And and if on the days I don't do that, it's notable. It's 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 noticeable. I should say, especially for my family. And so just to add on to your sleep note with resilient with regard to resilience. So uh, last week, my daughter's in San Diego. She just started a job at Starbucks. She's only like her second weekend, second weekend. Calls me on a break last week. Mom, I'm, I have to be nice to people, but I'm so tired because she was working the cash register that day. And she's like, what can I do? What do you advise? You know, what, what do you suggest? And I was like, well, uh, how much time have you got? You know, I said, really, you know, they've proven that a quick like 10 minute nap can be as effective as a cup of coffee. So why don't you just take a 10 minute nap? Oh, I don't have 10 minutes, only eight minutes. Okay, well, they've, they've proven that meditation isn't a substitute for sleep, but it can be as effective for the brain and nervous system as sleep. If you don't have 10 minutes, 
maybe you could just do like a one to five minute meditation. Oh, I don't have time for that. But anyway, <laughs> she's funny. Um, but that is a proven thing. They can, they, I think it's something like a 20 minute nap can be a substitute for four hours of sleep or something like that from a, like a brain health perspective. I'm not suggesting that you never sleep and only meditate, but I do think it is an effective uh, tool to use. Yeah. And so what I'm hearing and what I want to really drive home for our listeners is that you don't have to do it perfectly. You don't have to carve out time that you may not have in your day. What I'm hearing is wellness in bits and pieces throughout your day whenever it's available to you. So a, a one minute breathing exercise, a five minute meditation, a 15 minute nap, whatever you have available to you and do it on the fly. You know, maybe, maybe you're in the bathroom and you're doing a breathing and meditation exercise for two to five minutes. No one has to know. Yeah. <laughs> no one has to know. Exactly. Exactly. I think that people can get tripped up with wanting to do it perfectly. Um, I know I'm, I'm guilty of that and have been guilty of that. Well, if, if I'm not doing it in X, Y, Z, you know, if I'm not in Lotus position with my fingers touching my thumbs, a candle burning and music playing, then I'm not doing it right. Or, and I'd love to hear your perspective on this, Liz, um, if I can't quiet my thoughts, it doesn't count. Oh, heck, heck no. Everyone has thoughts. They're going by a mile a minute, right? So, yeah, that's, that is a definite piece of it. And for me, it comes down to focusing on something. So in the course that I teach, we talk about different breathing patterns. Because another thing is some people don't like to be told to breathe. Some people can't handle it if there's not like a countdown timer. Some people don't like to sit to breathe. They'd rather stand or move or walk or whatever. And a med you can turn anything into meditation. I turn ha hanging my clothes on the line into a meditation. And it doesn't have to be perfect by any means. Absolutely not. So you guys both have such incredible wisdom to share and really amazing kind of how to's, you know, because this is, we can only cover so much in our short time together, but you guys have created an amazing course. And I want you to tell us all about that. Well, before we do that, I would just like to say one of the things we've started saying is that what we teach is the tools that you can put in your tool belt. So when you get up in the morning and you get dressed, you just put that invisible, like Wonder Woman's belt, right? Um, wellness tool belt on. And then you've got it with you all day. And you take, take and pick and choose whichever one works in whatever moment in whatever part of the day. So do you want to tell yeah. me about that? Well, and, and you know, Kat, I actually want to tell you about, you know, we're talking about resilience. And resilience defined by heart math is a capacity to prepare for recover from and adapt in the face of stress, challenges and adversity. And you know, if you know you've got an important meeting, you need to be rested, you need to be prepared. You need to put the tools in your tool belt to deal with what potential challenges you might be facing in the day. And that's why we're so one, excited to have you as a guest speaker on our course and also to have 
so many different elements that will help people through their day to flow more easily. I think that's important. So in the winning wellness experience, we talk about the basics and science basis of mindfulness for those who need a little bit more data. Um, I talk about the journey of the senses. So we take an immersive, even on a video, take an immersive dive, deep dive into mindfulness in all different formats. And then Serena talks about, I talk about the science behind catching and spreading happiness, as well as resiliency and also visioning to be able to design a life instead of living a life of default. And we also have six amazing co-creators with us creating, so we'll go back and forth and share what they're gonna tell us. So we obviously have you, Kat, sharing about the nap and the science behind napping and also your guided nap practice. Now we just mentioned that the World Health Organization determined the four key elements of wellness to be nutrition, exercise, sleep, and mindfulness. And so we've also got, in addition to the sleep and mindfulness, we've got an exercise mindful exercise expert, Rachel Muskoff, and we have a chef who talks about mindful eating, but also thinking about, so she does a food delivery service, but she delivers menus for a week in reusable shopping bags, reusable containers, and the whole meal plan accommodates for the food. So leftovers are turned into another meal. So there's basically zero food waste. So it brings in that sustainability piece that I teach also. And we've got got Amy Pilati, who is an amazing yoga instructor who teaches about, you know, yoga course to deal with stress because we know that this can help us flow through our day. And then Gina Pickett, she's the CEO and she's going to be talking about the nine environments of you and how to optimize them and allow you to live a better life. And we have a lawyer, Jeff Schwartz, who's talking about creativity and turning your challenges into opportunities so we're really excited to have this dream team with us the whole goal being to empower people to navigate this sea of chaos that we're all in right now and it's not like it's getting less stressful um, with ease and grace and feeling empowered so and rested (laughs) that's so great i just came back from my first trip in I, I, 15, 16 months. And it was a shock to the system being with so many people in such small spaces and moving so quickly through the world, so quickly through the world. And the highways are getting backed up again and the public spaces are filling up. And I know for a lot of us, there's kind of this re-entry anxiety we're really out of practice yep in on in terms of how to be in the world with so many other people and the pace is speeding up again if you are lucky enough to be able to slow down your pace during covid and kind of learn how to create space and create rest for yourselves a lot of that seems to be becoming more challenging as we gear back up. So I really think this is such an important time to arm people with the tools for success as we re-enter the post-COVID world. So tell people how to how they can sign up for the course, how they can learn more about each of you. I will, guys, put links in the show notes but verbally, if you want to tell people, that would be fantastic. Uh, we have a landing page at Winning Wellness, 
www.learnworlds.com. And on that page right now, we have a pre-sale offering. And what that's going to do is give you um, a, on the list basically to get the course. And it's going live July 7th, 7, 7, 7, 21 at 7 a.m. And we have a very special, just for your listeners, promo code we'd love for them to use to get $50 off if they do this pre-sale offering. And it's NAPWELL50. So if you want to put that in the show notes and uh, we can put it in the chat if that's helpful. Um, you can edit that out. And uh, we would love to have as many, we just have a passion to want to help as many people get the tools that we've spent combined probably 50 years putting together and just be able to live their best lives and re-enter with ease and grace. Thank you so much, ladies. I'm really excited for both of you. Thank you for what you're bringing into the world. Thank you for that wonderful offer for our listeners. Again, that's Winning Wellness 50. Is that what you said? NAPWELL 50 and it's caps. NAPWELL 50. Well, I'm going to have it in the show notes. So don't worry about that. Um, have a wonderful day. Thank you for being with us. And Thank remember. Thank you, Kat. Sweet dreams and happy napping. Happy napping. Happy napping. <laughs>